How many of you know that when we need each others the most, it seems like people fall back the most? Two weeks ago, I shared a message about building up others. And I got to thinking in the last few weeks, how is it that I am personally encouraged as a pastor? Well, whenever people come to Jesus for salvation and follow through in believer's baptism, I got to tell you, I get really jacked up. Amen. But I'm also encouraged when people, God's people, volunteer to serve the Lord. I get really encouraged when people pray for their church and the ministries that the church partakes in. And I'm also encouraged when people receive my message as well. But can I tell you that I am never more encouraged than when people just show up. There is nothing more encouraging than when God's people and God's families come together, fill the sanctuary for one purpose, and that is to worship Jesus Christ. There is nothing more encouraging than that. If you want to get this pastor excited, all you got to do is show up. But as I said at the beginning, when, you need each, when we need others the most, that sometimes seems like when people pull back the most. Now, not attending a worship service can happen for a variety of different reasons. Work. I mean, vacations, right? Um, family loss, maybe um, sickness. And all of those are absolutely legitimate reasons. But did you know there are also some other reasons why people miss worshiping together with the body of Christ? And the reason that they don't sometimes is because they're just so discouraged. Maybe they don't attend church worship because they, they did that one time and they had a really bad experience. Maybe some don't attend worship with their church. If we're honest, it's just because maybe sometimes we're just lazy. But other times it's more serious than that. Sometimes we don't attend worship with our church because of some personal sin that's going on in our life. But I want to tell you, that the very best place for a Christian to go, to get encouraged, to get built up, to get motivated, even in turbulent times, is with the body of Christ. You're here. You've arrived at the place where you can get the most encouragement and motivation as a child of God. Now, there's a verse that's often read in the context of marriage but it applies well to the body of Christ too. And it goes like this. God said that it is not good that man should be alone. Even as a born again Christian, it's just not good that men and women, Christians, God's children, should be alone. I've said before that it was never God's intention for us to fly solo in our Christian lives. Friends, that is exactly why God created the church family. 
is so that we don't have to fly solo. When we gather together, we receive a great many things. One thing that we get when we gather together is God's attention. In Malachi chapter 3, the prophet said this, Then those who feared the Lord, that's you and me, spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. But not only do we get the blessing of having God's attention when we gather together, we gather together and guess what the Lord promises to do? He promises to participate with us as we worship him. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20, the Lord Jesus himself said, Where there are two or three gathered together in my name, there I am with them in the midst. You see, God created us not only to live together, but to thrive together, especially when times get tough. Especially in turbulent times like we're experiencing in our world. Today, Hebrews chapter 10 forms the heart of your message. And on page 1068, in the Bible's in front of you, I want you to hear from God here. Don't just hear from a preacher. Hear from God. Page 1068. I'm going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 19. Verse 19, Hebrews chapter 10. The author begins by saying this. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, which you all have, by a new and consecrated, a new and living way, in which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God. How many of you know that Jesus is the high priest over this house of God? Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having a conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. In verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Did you catch that last phrase? And so much more as you see the day approaching. We're talking about the return of Jesus Christ. Once again, we're hearing how we as Christians can thrive as we obediently wait for the Lord to return to get us even when times get tough, even when times get turbulent. And one of those ways is by us staying connected. Staying connected to one another. Staying connected to the body of Christ. That's just such a way for us to thrive when times get turbulent. Now, we've all seen it before if we haven't done it ourselves. I've been guilty of this in my past. But here's what happens. We miss worship a couple of times. And then the third time... It just seems like it's easier to miss. And if you don't catch it right then and there, you can find yourself kind of forsaking the body of Christ. 
forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. And then you get convicted in your spirit. And you, you really want to start back. But you're too embarrassed. And you don't want to hear well-meaning Christians say, Well, we sure have missed you. And so, you just stay away. Listen, my friend. Don't you let the world's distractions, don't let the world's depravity, don't let the world's chaos, don't let the world's turbulence cause you to abandon your connection with the body of Christ. You need the body, and the body needs you. Now, the Bible tells us first that staying connected is imperative. It's imperative. In the context of today's verses, the writer of Hebrews encourages us. He's encouraging me and you. He's encouraging us as believers in Jesus Christ to gather together. Look at what he said in verse 22. He said, let us, let us draw near with a true heart and true assurance of faith. In verse 23, he said, let us. Hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. And then in verse 24, he said, let us, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. It seems like to me that the author of Hebrews is saying that church attendance for the believer in Christ is not an option. We need the body and the body needs us. But you have to agree, it seems like many Christians have kind of, they, they've lost that sense of urgency to connect together. It seems like some Christians have lost that sense of commitment to gather together in the name of Jesus. And we need to do that every week. I'm not trying to be legalistic here, friends, but I, I'm just speaking from personal experience. If I don't have this, I'm weaker the week after. I got to have you. I got to have the body of Christ. And I pray in some small way, the body of Christ has got to have a little of me. But early believers, the believers that lived in the same century after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they made gathering together a top priority. It was that important to them. Whether it meant gathering in a church building or gathering in a home, they made worshiping God together a top priority. Notice that they connected with believer, believers at a church. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 46, we find an example of exactly what I'm talking about here. The Bible says, so continuing daily in one accord in the temple. Now, why would a Christian... Be wanting to worship in a Jewish temple. Well, if you got you got to think about where they came from. The temple was where they were used to worshiping God. So what better place could it be to gather together to worship the Lord together in the, in the temple there? Now, that word that's translated assembling ourselves together, that word appears in only one other place in the whole New Testament. And that is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in verse 1. And here's how it goes. 
Paul says to the church there at Thessalonica, Now brothers and sisters in Christ, now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or to be troubled by the turbulence that's going on in your life. Now, this gathering that Paul was talking about, of course, we know, refers to the Lord's return at the rapture of his church. And that's coming. It could be right around the corner. We don't know. All we know is that it's coming. That's what Paul was talking about here. But listen, it's still a picture of what we're supposed to be doing in the meantime. While we're waiting for Jesus to come get us, what are we supposed to be doing in the meantime, well, of course, we know that especially in turbulent times, especially when your life is upside down, especially when you're going through all manner of trouble, we know that it's God's plan for the body of Christ, the church, right, to continue gathering together in the Lord's name, especially in turbulent times. We're to gather together to worship him. We're to gather together to encourage each other. We're to continue in love and work good works until such time as Jesus says, okay, y'all, this, this is the Anderson version. Okay, y'all, y'all come with me. He's coming one day, and it could be sooner than later. Now, you may say, well, I can gather together in my living room. Friend, we do. Broadcast our worship services on Facebook Live. We do put them on YouTube. We do put them on the website. And Brother Howe does a tremendous job of that. But I got to tell you this. There is no substitute whatsoever for meeting with believers face to face. That is no substitute whatsoever. We're to meet face to face with fellow believers so that we can worship together. So that we can be taught together. So that we can teach each other together. Encourage one another together. But most of all, so that we can connect together. So that we can connect together. These broadcasts that Brother Howe does so wonderfully, they're the one primary purpose for those, those, those services being on those social media is just as a ministry tool for those who are unable to return. For those who are unable to come here. How many of you know that there are countless Christians, men and women, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, who would love to be where you are right now? But through some physical problem or whatever, they can't. They love to be worshiping with fellow believers together. So we thank God for those opportunities, for those, those opportunities to broadcast those services, but they can't replace face-to-face -face services. But the Bible also tells us, mentions that connecting with believers in homes seems to be vitally important. Again, in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, the early church met in homes. Breaking bread from house to house. And they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Now I believe that every believer who belongs to Jesus Christ has an obligation to gather together with the body of Christ. I believe it's our obligation 
But the value of meeting in a small group cannot be overestimated. And I believe that is an underlying principle in what God is trying to teach us there in Acts. It's not the location, but it's what's transpiring in those homes that is important. Again, small group Bible study. I want to tell you this. There's just something wonderful about a close-knit setting whereby you can learn you can ask questions. You can pray for one another. You can fellowship with one another. You can laugh with each other. You can pray for one another. You can hold each other accountable. And that happens best in that small group setting. Even when you need to cry together. So I want to encourage you to plug into somewhere, somehow, some way. Plug into a small group Bible study, whether it's here, elsewhere, Sunday, or some other day of the week. Make sure you're plugging into a small group Bible study. And if you'll do that, I'm giving you an assurance that your walk with Jesus will dramatically improve. If you will stay the course and stay connected, your life with Christ, your walk with Jesus will dramatically improve. And for that reason alone, I believe that it's a Bible imperative for believers to gather together, not only corporately, like we're doing, but also in the environment of a small group Bible study. Staying connected to the body of Christ, it's imperative, y'all. But staying connected is also very important. It's very important to your spiritual health. Why is staying connected to the body of Christ so doggone important? Well, the Bible says that the body of Christ promotes love. It promotes love. The New Testament is filled with what's called these one another passages. And in these one another passages, we focus on the impact that my life and yours can have in our circle of influence when we connect with each other. One another passages like John 13, 34, where Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. Paul said to the Galatian church in chapter 5, verse 13, You brethren, you've been called to freedom. Only don't use your freedom for the flesh. But through love, here we go, serve one another. The author of Hebrews says, Exhort one another. Encourage one another daily while it's called today. James said in James 5.16, Pray for one another that you may be healed for the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then today here in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24, we're taught to consider one another. And that is how we can promote love in the body. Promote love to each other. You see, we connect with God. We connect with one another. And then we seek to connect others with God. That's the goal of the church. Christians aren't saved because of some family. Christians aren't saved because of their friends. They're not saved because of a church. Or even a small group Bible study. Salvation is an individual decision between a person and God. Period. However, listen to me. After that... After you have that experience with Jesus Christ, 
our spiritual growth depends on us connecting with a faith family. A faith family of like-minded believers so that, that you can be encouraged and you can be urged on. So that, friend, you can become spiritually mature. you got to have one. You need the body of Christ. And the body of Christ needs you. And in verse 22 and 23 and 24, we see a trio of character traits that really sets Christians apart. Faith, hope, and love. He said, let us draw near in faith. Let us hold fast to hope. And let us stir up love. Now that may sound familiar to you. Because in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, we read of the same trio where Paul said, Now abide faith, hope, and love, but what's the greatest? Say it. Love. The greatest of these is love. Friend, listen to me. It's through a family that you learn love. It's through either a blood family or a faith family that you learn these life-changing lessons of love. But if you're not living with your family, if you're not worshiping with your faith family, then how can you learn the intricacies of God's love for you? Worshiping together is what God intended. And so it's up to us as servants of God to do exactly what he's asked us to do. So the body of Christ promotes love, but the body of Christ also provokes good works. Every Christian ought to know and understand this passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 2. In verse 8, the Bible says, For by grace, I taught the kids what grace is. It's just the raw goodness of God. For by grace, you've been saved. From what? From the penalty of sin. Through faith. Through what? Faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And that is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But listen to this verse in verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for, somebody say for, for good works. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, not only are we saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we also learn here that we're saved for good works that God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we look here and we find, okay, good works are not a condition for salvation. There's nothing you can do of yourselves. Good works are not a condition for salvation, but they certainly are an indicator of it. Saved people do good works. Somebody say amen. Say it louder. Very good. And when you get a bunch of saved people together, a bunch of people who are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, they automatically want to gather together and do good works together. The body of Christ that stays connected will always promote love and will always provoke good works. But the body of Christ also provides encouragement. We talked about that at length, about the encouragement that we need. And when we connect with the body of Christ, not only are we encouraged in our life of faith, we also get the chance to encourage somebody else in their life as well. And friend, the best way you can get your mind off your own turbulence, 
The way you can get your mind off your own troubles is to pour encouragement into somebody else's life. Sometimes we get so hung up on our own issues, on our own trouble, on our own turbulence that we neglect the encouragement that other people need. And when you're connected to the body of Christ, you can know that somebody is looking away from their own needs and looking to pour encouragement into yours. We need encouragement. The body of Christ needs encouragement. Every member here needs encouragement. And I've always said that if a husband is always looking out for his wife's needs, and the wife is always looking out for her husband's needs, then no one's needs are going unmet. And listen to me. As long as we stay connected, the same can be assured in the body of Christ. Looking out for the needs of others. I mean, just imagine if every single one of us here this morning made it a point to encourage one brother or sister every single Sunday morning. Just one. Well, we'd have a church filled with encouraged believers who would go out in their mission field and do who knows what. We need encouragement. We need to be encouraged in the Lord. But listen, the greatest encouragement you have as a Christian is found right here in this book. The Word of God is our greatest source of encouragement. And you can read this book and get encouraged by it anytime you choose. Any place you choose, you can be encouraged by the Word of God. But friend, when we gather together, and teachers teach and preachers preach the Word of God, then you are availing yourself to the greatest source of encouragement known to man. Every single Sunday, you have this incredible opportunity. And it's just that. It's an opportunity that you can either accept or reject. You have this opportunity to hear from God as he warns his people, as he encourages his people, as he teaches his people, as he corrects his people, and as he blesses his people. But if you forsake the assembling of ourselves together, then you're going to miss it. You're going to miss what God had for you that day. I read this on Facebook just this week. That you'll never know which worship service will profoundly change your life. But the one that we know won't is the one you miss. This is not being legalistic. This is a pastor looking out for his fellow brothers and sisters. I don't want you to miss out on a single thing God's got for you. I don't want to miss out on a single thing God's got for me. And so for that reason, I want to gather together with you. And let us learn from the Lord Jesus Christ. For that reason, staying connected is not only imperative, it's very important. But finally, and I'll close, staying connected is also incentivized. In other words, there's a big upside to staying connected. What is the definite upside? What's the good reason that we should stay connected with the body of Christ? Well, the end of verse 25 kind of says it all. And so much more as you see the day approaching. What's the upside? What if Jesus returned at 11.35 on a Sunday morning. And he found you here. 
worshiping, having gathered together with like-minded believers. It can happen. I pray that that does happen. That we'll be gathered together, found worshiping him together when Jesus comes to get us. That's the upside. But apparently some Christians, they had stopped meeting together, according to the author. He said, as is the manner of some, they were forsaking the assembling of themselves. And listen, before you go judging them, it may have been because of persecution. I mean, people in that first century church, I mean, they were being persecuted. Their family was being put to death. That business going on in, in Israel from Gaza might have been going on. So let's don't get too judgmental about why they weren't gathering together. I mean, maybe they had kind of lost their faith. Maybe something was going on in their life that was so profound that they just lost their faith. But the author of Hebrews tells us here that the closer that the day of Christ's return gets, the more, the more we should be gathering together. The more we should be preparing ourselves, not less. So I wish we could meet together seven days a week. Somebody say amen. Okay, that's cool. We can have church of five, amen. Uh, I don't know if I could preach that that often, but boy, would it be awesome to know that Jesus is coming back and he's going to find us worshiping together, serving together, encouraging one another together, stirring up love and good works together. Oh, I hope Jesus finds us doing that. Because every single day, every single week that passes, the rapture of the Lord's church grows closer. In a day and a time when we're seeing people and professing Christians, for whatever reason, forsaking the assembling of themselves together, let you and I choose. Let us choose to be more diligent, to be more committed to the body of Christ, to be more diligent to meet together, to gather together in Jesus' name where he is here in our midst. Friend, God has chosen the church to be the means by which believers can stay focused on Jesus in their turbulent times, he has chosen the church to be the means by which we stay committed to the cause of Jesus Christ, even in the midst of trouble and hard, hard days. You need the body of Christ, and the body of Christ needs you. And we're closer to the Lord's return today than we were yesterday. And tomorrow, if he doesn't come before we finish, he'll be closer yet. Therefore, let our commitment to the body of Christ, let our commitment to stay connected be even stronger than it was yesterday. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel strongly connected to the Lord's church here at Bethel? If not, what do you think might be hindering that connection? 
Just be honest with yourself for a second. What might be hindering you from becoming a permanent part, a formal part of the, of the church here at Bethel? Do you feel that maybe there is um, some sort of religious condition that you have to be in in order to be part of the church here? I think I can speak for the entire membership of this church in saying that we are all just a group of forgiven sinners who enjoy the privilege and the blessing of being used by God to point others to Jesus and connect with one another. Friend, will you consider formally joining Bethel Baptist Church today? Don't listen to my words. I want you to hear the voice of God. And if that's his will for you and your family, you be obedient. And you just do what God asks you to do. And if that's something you desire, there is only one condition that you must know. And that is that you have to know Jesus Christ as the Son of God and that Jesus is your Savior from sin and the Lord of your life. That's it. It's big, but it's nothing that you can't do. And if that's something you haven't done yet, well, hey, man, that's why we're here. We're here to lead you in that today. So however God is leading you, I want to encourage you today to come and connect with the body of Christ. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for this body, and I thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Father, I thank you for every part of the body that it comes to worship you in spirit and in truth on such a regular basis. And Father, we just we hold your word true today. That Father, we should be doing it all the more as we see the day, the day of our Savior's return. Approaching. Lord, you tell us it'll happen at the twinkling of an eye. The sound of a trumpet. And he'll be here. And he'll take us all up. Gather us together with him. To be with him forever. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being part of such an incredible faith family. And Lord, I pray as you speak to each person here today, each person listening online even, that Lord, if it's your desire for them to choose this place as their gathering place, their, their connection place, Father, today might be their day. Father, we want to declare our love for you, and we know that we belong to you. And Father, it doesn't require uh, formal membership in a church but that is just what born-again believers do. They belong to the body. And Father, I thank you so much for what you have done in my life personally and in the life of so many in this church family. And I just pray that great things are happening as a result of what you do in Jesus' name. And all God's people said.